Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We need more black businesses so that these black banks can then give us mortgages and give us small business loans so that then they're, they're doing so much business, they need to open branches in our community. But if, if people say bank black, so let's all move our deposits over to a black bank. Great, now they have all this money. Where do they put it? There's no black businesses. So it's like, we gotta grow, it's like parallel. You know, when you were a kid, you would put your back behind your friend and push up. Well, that's how black businesses have to go with the banking and the business side. We have to grow parallel to each other so that we're, our foundation is strong. Welcome to the Share the Wealth Show, where minority professionals can learn to escape the racial wealth gap and catapult themselves into abundance. Your host, Nicole Pendergrass, grew her net worth from being negative to multiple six figures. Join her on her investigative mission to expose secret strategies of the wealthy so we can all have the tools needed to build the life and legacy we were created to possess. Now it's time for the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Share the Wealth Show. This is the show where we discuss strategies on how to grow, build, and protect minority wealth. And today we're going to do something a little different. We actually have a ton of great episodes in our archives. Since the inception of the show, I had the pleasure of talking to so many phenomenal people, and I want their information and the strategies and tips and mindset that they have to be shared with the world, and I don't want it to be buried in the past, right? So today is Flashback Friday Featured Edition. And I hope you enjoyed the message from one of our previous guests because it's really so impactful and you need to take a listen. We'll see you next time for our regularly scheduled episodes, but stay tuned for today. Hey guys, so we're back again. This is the second part of the episode with today's guest. I need you, if you have not heard part one, Go back to the previous episode and listen to that first and then come back and join us here today. But you're not going to want to miss what they already said because then you'll be lost with what they're about to say. But in any case, you don't want to miss the whole, you need to hear the whole conversation. This is why we split it into two parts. There's so many nuggets. It's so juicy. Go back and listen to the first part. Have you read the book, The Color of Money by that yeah, Indian professor? Yeah, I'm actually professor? still reading it. It's so long, but it's good. I'm like halfway through it. Yeah, yeah. So I read that book. And if you if, and it's interesting because in the book, it's so true. If you talk to a black banker that owns that from a black owned bank, they will tell you that the worst depositor is a black depositor, the absolute worst. And the reason is because when a black depositor puts their money in a black bank, they, they take that money out 30 to 60 days later because they, you know, they got to pay rent. They got to pay this. They got to pay that. White depositors leave their money in longer. So that means the bank 
has, you know, deposit to cash ratio is lower. So it's able to loan out more money to has less money. It doesn't need as much money on hand. And so the reason for that is, is because, you know, black depositors are, depositors are always needing to pull out their money. But most banks, they're not profitable because of their depositors. They're, prof they're profitable because of their loans. And because black people don't have any significant amount of businesses, black banks can grow. Because black banks, right now, black banks are making money off charging fees. They fee you to death. Fee you for this, fee you for that, da, 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 da. But where they should, where they want to make money is off lending money to black businesses. That's where they, they, they become wealthy. So we need more black businesses, you know, so that these black banks can then give us mortgages and give us small business loans so that then they're, they're doing so much business, they need to open branches in our community. But, you know, if you go, if people say bank black, so let's all move our deposits over to a black bank. Great, now they have all this money. Where do they put it? There's no black businesses. So it's like, we gotta grow, it's like parallel. You know, when you were a kid, you would, you would put your back behind your friend and push up, mm -hmm. you know? Well, that's how black businesses have to go with the banking and the business side. We have to grow parallel to each other so that we're, our foundation is strong. So one of the things that we wanna do is as we build our real estate fund is we wanna go to these black banks in America and do what the United States did with Mexico like 10 years ago, Mexico was going bankrupt. They called all the United States banks and they said, listen, you're each going to loan Mexico. We're going to form a consortium. You're each going to loan Mexico a billion dollars. We're going to bail out Mexico. And the United States is going to guarantee these loans. And Mexico was bailed out and these American banks made a fortune. Well, what we want to do is build a private equity fund that, is, that has like $100 million in equity. Now, if we have $100 million in equity, that's at least seven times that in debt. So we want to build a fund that has significant amount of equity that we can go to the black banks and say, you guys need to form a commercial real estate debt fund where you, all the black banks in America, I think there's like 20, 25, 30, put your money in this fund. You all are going to share the risk and you're going to help finance strong, solid, responsible commercial real estate deals that make sense, that have been vetted. And together we will grow in partnership. That's that's where I see in the future for, for Black banks if we work together. We can solve a lot of the economic financial issues in our community if we work together. Somebody asked me the other day, what's your selling proposition? Is it because you're really smart in real estate? I said, nope, no. Nope. I said, actually, I'm the dumbest guy in the room. They're like, what do you mean? I said, I have 120 members. Black Lives Matter Real Estate Forum LLC has 120 members. They each paid $1,000 to be a member, one-time membership payment. And out of that, you know, I got 18 lawyers, 17 medical doctors, a bunch of CPAs and PhDs and like 40 MBAs. I said, I'm the dumbest guy in the room. They said, okay, so, so what's, what's your selling proposition? I said, here's my selling proposition, two things. Two points is my selling proposition. If you talk to doctors, particularly doctors, they would love to invest in black neighborhoods. But the problem is they don't know these developers. They don't have time to know them. And if you, do, if, you, if you deal with doctors like I do, you don't talk to them during the weekday. You can only talk to them on the weekend because they're in the emergency room. You know, they're serving patients. They don't have time to get to know these people. They don't know which Black developer is credible and not going to rip them off. And let's be honest, everybody complains about the white man. You know what? I have no problem with white people. White people are not ripping me off. Do you know why white people are not ripping me off? Because I don't do business with white people. I don't fear white people. I fear Black people. I fear Black people that look like me that are just low-life crooks. They just steal. And so, yes. So the answer to what our selling proposition is this. 
people will be able to come to BLM, REF Fund Number One and Black Lives Matter Real Estate Forum, and they will be able to deal with Black people that have credibility, integrity, transparency, and honesty. That's a, that's a powerful grant. These doctors are going to say, I can give Thomas Lopez Pierre this money. He gives me my 15% or more return year after year, and I don't have to worry about any ghetto nonsense. They're not going to strip clubs. They're not doing this. Everything is transparent. Everything is open. Everything is correct. That's a powerful brand. That's why white people put their money with these big corporations for the brand, because they know their stuff is going to be secure. And that's what we are going to be pushing is, you know, you can trust us with our deals. Now, if we do 10 deals, will one go bad? Yeah, but that's the beauty of investing in a fund. If you, if you just invest one deal, it goes bad, you lose your money. But if you invest in a fund that has multiple deals, you won't even notice that you, you know, if you're getting 19%, 21%, and because a deal went bad, you're, you're only getting 17%, you're not even gonna notice for the year, you're just gonna be happy. Wow, I beat the standard and pours, you know? And we bet these developers. The second thing that we're building is, which is very powerful, is if you talk to white corporations, they tell you, we would love to invest in the hood. We just can't find any deals that are $25 million because they have a threshold. They can't put their money. I mean, their lawyers are $500 an hour. They can't do some $1 million deal in the hood. That, like the, when you do the economics, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. We are building a supply chain, a national supply chain of, of, of black developers all over the country that you know, we can basically operate as a fund of a fund. That's the direction that we're going in. And that's what we're building. And that's what our Jewish friends, our, our Asian friends, our Indian friends, and our Arab friends. And I'm going to tell you a, a, a joke that helped, I think, highlights, you know, it's not so much a joke, it's actually a, a, a friend of mine, that I, this girl I used to date, she was Indian. She told me that her family, when they came to America, two uncles, her father's in real estate, but she had two uncles. And they both were born in India and they came here and they became doctors and they're respectable, high income earning professionals becoming doctors. Her father was lazy. He was born in America, very lazy. He only got a bachelor's degree. He was a B plus student, didn't particularly excel academically. He took some time for him in his twenties to find his way. He was corrupted by American values. Now, if you're a black parent, you're probably thinking, oh my God, you know, my son is doing so well. But, you know, Indians become, you know, they're, they're, they're known for their academic. They, you know, you go to any hospital, the, you know, the black doctors are from Nigeria and the rest of the doctors are Indians, uh, Asians and Jews. And so, so anyway, so the, the two doctors are here in America and they're very embarrassed, great shame of their younger brother who's been corrupted with American values. He's very lazy. So, you know, the younger brother said, you know, I, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do this, you know, some silly stuff. I think, what was the business? It was a very silly business. I want to do like motels, you know, and, and something called commercial real estate. And, and, you know, the brothers were, you know, they were embarrassed, but they were happy he found something to play at. So they gave him $100,000. Anyway, long story short, five years later, he bought his mother the biggest house in town and he paid off his brother's student loans, their medical school loans. Why? Because what these brothers didn't understand is that we don't live in an education society in America. We live in a capitalist society. And the younger brother who was corrupted by American values and so-called lazy he invested in a whole bunch of motels. And if you know anything about traveling, you know that Indians dominate the motel business on the highways. They dominate. Listen, I know you've been digging in, studying everything you can, listening to all the podcasts, reading all the books, even going to meetups. You basically have a degree from YouTube University, right? But 
you still feel stuck. You don't know how to actually implement what you've learned. You're nervous about taking the next step. So I've decided to start the Microfamily Investing Accelerator. This is a mentorship program where I personally guide you through my five proprietary pillars so you can learn how to buy your first commercial multifamily property and scale while not biting off more than you can chew by focusing on five to 20 units. That's what I call microfamily. And so you can also get hands-on guidance from an experienced microfamily investor who's been right where you are. And so you can also create the cash flow needed to give you freedom and options to build the abundant life that you were destined to live. So I'll be limiting the first cohorts because they'll have direct access to me and I will be heavily invested in their success. If you're ready to grab 2023 by the horns, schedule a free discovery call with me today. The link is in the show notes. And now let's get back to the show. And so we could do the same thing as a people. We could come together and put our people to work. If Tyrone has a job, he'll pay his child support, you know, with, for his baby mama, and he won't be engaging in criminal activity. Yes, babe, listen, seven, listen. <laughs> I know, I know. Listen, 70%, 70% of all Black babies in America are born outside of marriage. I'm, I'm not advocating, you know, I'm just yeah, saying I, that, I know. that, that every, you know, every study is told, every study states that if two people are married, living in the same house, it's like having a roommate, the economics are better. And so the only time Asians have children out of wedlock is when the father is Black, Black man, you know. I told so you guys, this is a, he was a firestorm. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, if we look at these different groups, they, they are just immensely successful at leveraging capitalism. And instead of being angry at them, I think we need to learn to what they do right and, re- and reconfigure it to fit our, our values and our needs in our community. We have to stop, as Black people, making white folks so rich. So, okay, gosh, we need to, we need to, we definitely need to wrap up. But with that last statement, I have another question. So, mm-hmm. as we know, we are not the the majority owner of businesses and real estate and all those kind of things and in these opportunities that are in America. And what I have heard somebody say that kind of hit me and made me start thinking differently is that instead of because you know the whole thing about closing the wealth gap, it's almost like that's impossible. Like we can increase our net worth, but at any time a black person is doing business, most of the time, the people with opportunities are of other ethnicities. And so you're helping increase their, with your own opportunity, where you're helping increase your, your family's position, you're increasing other families' positions at the same time, because maybe you're partnered together. So how, how are we like addressing that? You know what I mean? Like we're, are we just worried about increasing our net worth and how are we getting ownership and stop like how you said, stop making other people rich, but we kind of need to partner with, with people who have opportunities and who have knowledge and resources. So I don't know, is there, is there something no, it's a cast, about it's like a, how we it's, do that? It's a cast 22. It's like, you know, Robert Smith, who is the billionaire that paid off, a, what was the school in Atlanta? He paid off their student loans. Yeah, um, I remember, but I don't remember what school, which it was. A, right. a, was it Morehouse? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was Morehouse. It was Morehouse because Howard is in DC. And what's interesting is I like talking about Robert Smith and Bloomberg. So Robert Smith and Bloomberg both worked at Goldman Sachs. Bloomberg got disrespected and he wasn't given the CEO position 
general partner position. And so he left and he started Bloomberg and he became a billionaire, very successful. Robert Smith was at Goldman Sachs and you know, he was making a million dollars a year. And his mother was like, oh my God, why would you quit? You're making really good money. This is crazy. But Robert Smith saw what the white boys are doing. And he, know, he knew that you'll never make the real money by working for somebody else. So he quit. He started his own shop and he invested in something that was new, which was enterprise software. You know, we use it all day. I use Constant Contact, LinkedIn, you know, all these type of different softwares, B2B. And he made a killing and now he's a billionaire. And so it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard for Black folks to leave their comfortable position. And I'm not advocating that they leave. I'm saying, instead of trying to keep up with the Jones, because everybody thinks it's a Tyrone in the projects who's buying, you know, $300 sneakers when he's on public assistance, you know, his family's on public assistance. Why would they do that? That's crazy. I'm not going to be critical of them because they don't know any better. I'm critical of the Black professional who has to put their kids in these elite schools, you know, be a member of the private club, drive luxury car, when all they're doing is spending their disposable income and putting a couple of uh, dollars in their 401k, when they should live below their means, take that money and invest it in wealth building opportunities. If you're going to live the Gucci lifestyle, the, the you know, bling bling lifestyle, do it off passive income, don't do it off earned income. And so, you know, we need these black professionals, I can't even tell you, how many times I talk to black professionals and they tell me, oh, I would love to invest, but right now I'm renovating my house in the Hamptons. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, you have a multifamily in, in the Hamptons? That's great. They said, no, no, it's the, it's the family house. I said, so you're not earning any money off that property. It's just sitting there until you use it. So yeah, he said, yeah, that's our investment. I said, that's not an investment. Like black people, I hate to break it to you. Your home is not an investment. Your home is an expense. You have to pay a mortgage for that. If you stop paying the mortgage, you get foreclosed on. Mm-hmm. An investment is when you have tenants paying you rent. And if they stop paying you rent, you evict them. That's an investment of Black people, food for thought. So invest in things that produce cash flow, not things that make you feel like a bourgeois Negro, you know, feeling important because you achieve some, some social status. You know, cash flow people, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Because as Black professionals, you want to make sure you have any money. You want to be able to tell the white man, I'm getting the out of this place, y'all. And so you can't do that because, you know, your, 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 your wife expects you to be this important person. You got to pay the summer home. You got to go to Martha's Vineyards. Your kids, you know, you are, you are a slave. You're just a high paid slave. You know, I, I teach my children. I said, listen, um, I told my son, my son, Marcus, I told listen, I don't want you bouncing a ball. I don't want you being a basketball player and bouncing a ball. I want you to be the person that owns the team and has people bouncing the ball for him or her. Like own the team, not be the, the, the slave on the field. You know, and that field could be a, a basketball player, a football player, or whatever. Own the team. You know, um, there was LeBron. It was in the paper. LeBron was saying this and saying that and this and that. The white female that owns the Lakers, she, she gave, she rarely talks to the press, but she got tired of listening to Braun's mouth. So she got and told the papers, I own the team and I made the decision and, you know, good or bad, it's my team. Man, well, you know what? You have given us a lot to think about. You have great thoughts and like you're, you're underlying the, the whole thing about like having that passive income 
Like don't spend earned income on frivolous things, trying to keep up with the Joneses. The whole takeaway is have passive income and that can pay for your, you know, expensive lifestyle or the other things that you want. And those other, like the doodads, right? Wait, wait, don't go yet. Have you been looking for a way to get started in real estate investing, but you just don't know how? You need the Launchpad. It's brought to you by my company, Northwest Holdings. And the Launchpad is a free guide with a ton of resources I've compiled to help you invest into your first real estate syndication. It includes terminology, book resources, video explanations, all the information that you need. Don't know what a syndication is? I got you covered. How to find a good operator. How to even tell if a deal is good or not without having to know how to underwrite it all. It's all in there. The Launchpad is designed to help launch you into the next stage of your investing career and get you invested into your first multifamily syndication as a passive investor, meaning you can be a landlord and own a piece of a large apartment building, but still go about your day-to-day life without having to stop and learn every single detail about what's under the hood and how it all works. The link to the guide is in the show notes. Make sure you sign up today. Again, this is a free resource and guide. And if you have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me. Now let's finish up the show. But okay, so I'm, I got to ask you the last couple questions. First, Monopoly. I know you played Monopoly before. I love it. My favorite game. Good. So in Monopoly, Boardwalk or Baltic, what is your strategy for winning the game? Which one are you buying if you could only buy one? Boardwalk. Why? It, it pays the most. Baltic is, you know, it costs less, but the, but the payout is lower. Okay. You Got know. that. But I would still buy all three of those low pay because, you know, you're going to land on it. And, you know, I buy the utilities, too. All right. So you're well, you're well-rounded, diversified. That leads me actually to my next question. Warren Buffett said that diversification is protection against ignorance. And I kind of take that to mean that people diversify when they don't really know what they're doing to spread their risk around. But, and that could be a good thing or a bad thing, but like, what are your thoughts on that? What do, what do you think that statement means? Well, you know, we're raising a million dollars this year to give us a strong track record. I'm not investing a million dollars in one property. I'm investing a million dollars in 10 properties. I'm not investing a million dollars in four properties, a quarter million each. I'm investing a hundred thousand in the 10 properties. And I believe in di- diversifying. And so it, it makes sense. And not just in, we're investing in the Northeast. So Baltimore, Philadelphia, D.C., uh, Boston. I mean, I was just in Boston this weekend. We put $100,000 in a, a teardown situation with a Black real estate developer there. And we're, we're very excited about that. And so, yeah, I, I love diversity. And we're, we're not putting all our money with any one developer. We're going to have 10 developers. And so, listen, I'm the stupidest guy in the room. And I, I want to profit from the, the brilliance of these guys that are on the ground. You know, there, if you, there's a there's a movie called Jobs. It talks about Steve Jobs and Apple. And in the movie, he was arguing with his number two. And his number two said to him, why does your name get to be the name of the company? You're not an engineer. You're not a coder. You're not this. You're not that. And Steve Jobs turned that at him and told him, you know, you would be nothing but an overpaid engineer in the basement if it wasn't for me. I said, the reason my name gets to be on the company is because I'm the one that had the vision. And so I have people, I have 120 members, all smarter than me. Half of them are Ivy League educated. And I'm grateful for their brilliance and their intellect and their, and their capital. 
But you know, I'm the one that had the vision to organize a national fund to, to build wealth and create jobs for black people. And I'm grateful for their support. And you know, and three generations from now, my 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 family's gonna be like, wow, we're glad that our great great grandfather thought of this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so fantastic. And Thomas, how can people get in touch with you? Should they reach out to you on social media? Should they email they you? Can, they can they can definitely find me on LinkedIn. I have 24 over 24,000 connections on LinkedIn. And what's interesting, my connections on LinkedIn. I got no school teachers, social workers, connections on LinkedIn. All my, all my, I have over 5,000 doctors that I'm connected to on LinkedIn. Primary on LinkedIn, I'm connected to lawyers, doctors, real estate developers and professionals, and Wall Street types, and regulators. Like if you used to work for Fannie Mae or the Federal Reserve or the SEC, yeah, I love connecting to you. And so if you're one of those types, definitely want to connect to you. Otherwise, email me directly at my, at my website, BLM ref.com. I'm a reachable guy. I'll take a phone call with you. And, and I, listen, I share information. You know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 25 years old. I have not worked for the white man. I'm 53 years old. I have not worked for the white man in 28 years. And I've never gone hungry. And because I've been smart about how I, how I manage my finances. And I really believe that the only way to true wealth is to have, you know, me money and to be financially secure. Like I, I, I don't care what white people say. I don't care what white people think. I don't even care what other black people think. Like, I'm like, if you're not one of my investors, like really your opinion, you know, it's an opinion. All right. And I actually, I think it's like, it's F money. Isn't that F money? Right? Yeah. I'm sorry. Did I say F? I said F. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> This is probably the most risque episode we've had so far. Yeah, I'm the oh wrong God, guy. I'm so Listen. glad that you came on, man. This is, people's minds are going to be blown. And, yeah, you know, and I really somebody hope told they me, reach out to you. Somebody told me, said, you know, Thomas, why do you get to say the things? I said, you know why I get to say the things I want? Because I don't work for anybody. Like you, you work in a corporation. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I could put anything I want on social media and I don't have to worry about the human resources department calling me and saying, we didn't like what you said. You know, I fire clients. If my clients become too much of pain, I'm like, yeah, this is not working. Okay. That's a whole nother conversation because I've definitely heard that too. It's all about your internal peace. But look, 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 we got to go. We got to go. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on. Everyone. I'm so happy thank to be here. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Thomas. All the best. <laughs> all right. Did you love this episode of Share the Wealth Show? Be sure to connect with Nicole by following her on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. If you picked up any of the gems that were dropped by today's guest, make sure you not only put them in your bag, but if you know of someone who would benefit from this information, don't keep it to yourself. Share the wealth and make sure to leave us a rating and review. We'll see you for next week's episode. Subscribe so you'll be notified. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.